Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, as the man just said. And today, our topic is daring to believe the impossible or I'm possible, depending on where you want to put the emphasis in that. Uh, Before we go deep into this subject, though, I would like to invite you to step a little bit more into your own I'm possibility uh, and take a minute to learn what your number one spiritual superpower quiz is. You can find that quiz at superpowerquiz.us. It takes 60 seconds and it will give you some insight into why you're here and what your purpose is. So back to our guest, Amy Gray Cunningham is an intuitive healer and Akashic Records practitioner. Her mission is to help raise help people raise their level of consciousness to the highest level they desire so they can remember who they truly are in this lifetime. Ten years ago, on July 6, 2011, Amy donated a kidney to a stranger after hearing a voice tell her she would be the one to donate to him. They were a one in 20 million match and should have been siblings. Since then, Amy wrote a book about her spiritual journey through the kidney donation process called Daring to Believe. She has also started a podcast, Butterfly Kisses, a journey through spiritual transformation. Amy believes that life is a continuous journey of transformation. We create and manifest our life based on the choices we make. It's all about experiencing our divinity through our humanity. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and everyone has a story to tell. And that's the beauty of being in this wonderful, wonder-filled, wonderful world. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Amy. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your show. I am so excited. Yes, yes. I, I love the variety of guests that I have on and, and the what I want to say, the diversity of the journeys and the things yeah. that people choose to move into spirituality and awakening. And I also love the the similarities mm-hmm. because you, you listen to them and they're like, oh, totally different. But yet there's this thread of similarity that runs through them about learning to trust and learning that there are bigger things and, and to recognize the synchronicities that occur in our world is just incredible to me. And so I'm looking forward to digging into your journey too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So where did you... Interesting journey. Yes. Where did you start at, my love, before you were an intuitive healer and all this kind of stuff? How did you begin your journey? Well, it growing up, I never really felt like I fit in anywhere. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably plenty of people that can relate to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I felt more like a was a square peg in a round hole. And it just never, no matter how hard I tried to stuff myself in that hole, it just wasn't working. Yeah. And I actually almost felt invisible. Like people couldn't see me. And mm. I, it was... I remember sitting in a at a uh, intersection, a really busy intersection here in Charlotte, and just wondered if I just moseyed on out into the middle of the intersection, would anybody actually see me? That's how invisible I felt. Wow. Up. 
And I never really liked myself or who I was. And, but I always knew there was something more, that there was something greater. And I just couldn't quite figure out what that was. Hmm. And it's like everybody else in the world seemed to get it, whatever it was, but me. (laughs) I can so relate to that. I can remember being in like middle school and high school when you're supposed to kind of know what you're here to do, what you're going to study, that kind of thing. And it seemed like everybody around me like had this direction and I'm going, I don't know, can I just stay in school and keep learning all of this cool stuff because there's so much (laughs) stuff out here to learn. (laughs) But they're they don't pay you very well for that. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. No. And I still love to study and learn and I'm constantly taking courses and I'm constantly doing things to to improve. So I've always I've always enjoyed that. And the one thing I always enjoyed growing up was reading. I could oh, yeah. read a book. It took me into a completely different world and I just I loved that. Yes, you and me too. Transported someplace else completely. Exactly. Yeah, to the point that I kind of have to watch myself with novels because it it tips over my my line of addiction, right? My <laughs> my line is it's an addiction when it pulls you away from living and doesn't pull you into living and novels yes. are kind of that quicksand for me. Yes, that definitely. And I could read a book in a weekend especially yeah. James Patterson. Give me a James Patterson book any day and I can see you from beginning to end. <laughs> and I'm gone. I'm long yes. gone. Yes. So but, how, how did you begin on your journey? How how'd you move I, out of this invisibility? <laughs> I got pregnant. <laughs> ah, that will force some issues to a head, won't it? Yes. And it was, he was my miracle baby, I call him, because I was never supposed to get pregnant. I was told from a very young age, I was never going to have children. Wow. I just just thought that that was what was going to happen. I'm Um, I'm curious, and you don't have to share this. I know this health can be a sensitive area, but what was the reason they, they predicted that for you? I had, and not to go too deep into it, but I had um, been molested when I was younger and uh, there was an infection and uh, I was yes. sterile, I guess, is what yeah. they were telling me. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had a similar prediction when I was younger as well. Yes. Mine, unfortunately, they turned out to be right about that one. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I only had one. I have a stepson as well, but uh, he... I always said I got the pleasure of helping to raise him without having to give birth. So he was, well, there is something he, to be said for skipping yeah. that step. <laughs> he's he's my bonus son, and then I have Alex, who is my oldest, and he, like I said, he was my miracle baby, and it really forced me to one grow up, and mm-hmm. two, I wanted for him more than I had for me, yeah. and I knew that. In order to do that, I had to figure out who I was. Yeah. And it sent me on a journey of asking, okay, well, God, who are you? (laughs) Who are you and who am I in light of you? And every time I ask that question, I get another wonderful experience. So Isn't that interesting? What was your first uh, experience in answer to that question, God, who are you? Oh, looking into my son's eyes 
and seeing something other than myself and mm. knowing that I was responsible for this little being <laughs> <laughs> and that I, I needed to, to, to do something more. And my first journey was I started, I remember I was. Uh, so where were you when this, go you got this call into something more? What, what were you doing to, in terms of the outside world? Well, um, this next step after Alex was born, I was uh, married to my first husband and we were going through a divorce. Ah. And I started volunteering at the battered women's shelter mm -hmm. here in Charlotte. And I had this little boy sitting on my lap and he was crying. And I was, I was in charge of the nursery during yeah. group time. And he was crying and he was going home to his dad the next day, him and yeah. his mom. And I couldn't understand why he was crying. I thought that was going, I was so naive. I was like, I thought that was going to be actually a good thing. Mm. And I found out that most women in, when they don't have any place to go, they end up going back into an abusive situation yeah. because of the children. So I heard very clearly, start transitional housing for battered women here in Charlotte. So that's uh -huh. what I did. Oh, I there you go. Yeah, I created a nonprofit, put together a board, and this is much simplified, but <laughs> opened up a house and started to serve women who were transitioning out of the shelter and wanting another step up to that, help their children. So. That is very beautiful and practical, and I love that because a lot of times we talk ourselves out of taking the practical steps, right? <laughs> it can be intimidating to think yes. about starting a 501c3 and all the things that go with that and properties and people and lives and yeah. I had no clue what a 501c3 was and much less how to even write for one, how to ask for one, how to ask somebody for money. Oh Lord, have mercy. I had to get up and actually speak in front of people. <gasps> Oh my goodness. I had, to, yeah, I couldn't even be a tree in the school play. And here I was going out and speaking in front of people, asking them for money. You go girl. I tell you, but it was a, it was a cause that I believed in and I, I never wanted to feel so powerless again when mm -hmm. this little boy was on my lap crying. Yeah. And oh yeah. Now we have transitional housing. Uh, Mending Hearts ended up closing down shortly after 9-11 mm -hmm. because of due to funding issues. But uh, it continues on in Charlotte now. And there is actually an apartment community for transitional housing, which is really cool. That's we still have housing issues in Charlotte everywhere, like everywhere else. But Well, I was going to say that it's not limited to just Charlotte. No, <laughs> no. But it was, it was, it was, that was a huge turning point for me because I had to believe that there was something greater than myself. And I was asked to do something way outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I clearly heard this was what I was supposed to do. So I, I did the footwork and it, it, it just, it create, I created that and because I had an intention and I set forth and that's what I, what I wanted to do. And then now let me pause for a second. You didn't know a lot of the hurdles that were ahead of you. Mm -mm. Were there angels, earth oh, angels sent yeah. into your life to help you with this? <laughs> yes, very much so. And I remember one of the very first ones that came along uh, my path was a lady who was also starting a nonprofit. 
And she had told me about this, this workshop that just so happened to fall into my lap on how to write a 501c3. Oh. And so I signed up and went for it. And thank God I did. Because had I not attended that workshop, probably never would have gotten approved. I had yeah. given way too much information <laughs> on the application and I had done everything wrong. So I learned really how to focus in on the vision while mm-hmm. I was in that workshop. And that nice. was the key for me was focusing in on the vision and creating the mission. And from there, I received a I received the five hundred one c three. I applied for it in December, the be- beginning of December. I received my five hundred one c three on the fifteenth of December. And the same lady who had told me about the workshop gave me a grant, my first grant, on December thirtieth of that. Year. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yes, yes. So I, would- I love how things will line up divinely that way when you're willing to step forward and take action. Mm-hmm. Even as you have no clue how this is supposed to all come together. <laughs> I just knew it was going to. It was yeah. one of those knowings that it was going to happen. And so I did. And then my next knowing was when I heard a voice tell me I was going to donate a kidney. So um, how how did we arrive at that moment where you were hearing this voice tell you you were going to donate a kidney to a stranger? What led up to that? Well, I had taken many. I started going to church. I was like, okay, well, God's in church. So I went there trying to. (laughs) I love that. God's in church. He is. You can find him other places too, but he is. is. (laughs) If you find the right church. (laughs) Yes. And uh, we had a great church community for, for a while there. And I enjoyed, I was enjoying life. I was learning to meditate and I was writing and I was um, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful things. And the meditating is what allowed me to start hearing that small voice, Mm -hmm. hearing the voice of my higher self, of God, of my guides. And that allowed the voice of of, of him to come through and say, yeah, I want you to do this. Now. Exactly. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about the healing process. It makes it much easier to tune into your intuition, into that voice of God, the whispers of your soul, however you want to describe that communication, because a lot of the noise goes away when you mm-hmm. learn to calm your own mind, when you're not running around in, in panic and reaction, which is what the society trains us into. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're listeners out there, if you are in a panic mode, know that it's okay. <laughs> there is hope for you. You can find ways to learn to calm and to step out of that mode. And it will be so helpful to you moving forward to be able to move out of that mode. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. many different ways to meditate. There's many different ways to quiet the mind. And there's many different ways of being able to hear the voice. And it's finding what works for you. Exactly. What works, And what works for me is the meditation. Writing. Writing is huge. I'm a huge journaler. And I've always been since I was in grade mm-hmm. school. I've yeah. Water has been kind of a secret for me. If I'm in one of these like really heady spaces, there's nothing that grounds me like getting into water, whether it's the ocean or the swimming pool or soaking my feet in a tub of water. Water Mm -hmm. is what will help me to come down out of that spiral. 
And that's, that's amazing. Uh, Sometimes going out for a walk for me and just being in nature is very grounding and can help to bring the, the the voices to a a nice calm. (laughs) Calm. Exactly. So So how, how did you, how did you learn about this stranger? It was a Facebook post that his sister had posted and my husband was, was friends with his sister. And um, he was telling me all about the the Facebook post. And I remember I was standing in the kitchen cleaning up after dinner. And he told me about this. And I remember hearing, I I remember saying, oh, I hope somebody steps up to help him. And just at that moment, I heard very clearly, Amy, that person will be you. And I just kind of looked around the kitchen. Uh, Like, who the heck is talking to me? (laughs) Where'd that come from? Yeah, it was just like you and I sitting here talking and I just, and I just knew, and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was just an all over knowing. Now I did not necessarily want to believe that. So I I was going to say, how did your personality (laughs) take that? (laughs) Not very well. I was like, I, okay. I've been asking for God to use me for something miraculous. Giving a kidney to somebody was like, was not what I had in mind when I said that. Not what I had in mind at all. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that it, was, that's usually how the answer to prayer comes. It doesn't look anything like your conscious mind thinks it ought to. <laughs> no, it does not. That is so. Crazy. We are up on our first break already. Can you believe this? Wow. I know, and I'm dying to hear the end of this story, and I know everyone out there is dying to hear the end of this story. And I guess what I would invite y'all to do who are out there listening at this commercial break is get your pen, get your piece of paper, and um, think back, cast your mind back. Have there been any moments where you've been giving, given a moment of knowing, maybe not about donating a kidney to a stranger, but maybe a knowing that you need to go left instead of right, or a knowing that uh, you should not sign that particular contract that you thought you wanted. Um, just kind of make some acknowledgement to your higher self, God, whatever you want to call the force that's speaking to you. Um, Give some acknowledgement to the signs that you've been given over the years, and we'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with Amy Cunningham. And before the break, we had talked about her hearing this voice in her head, in her kitchen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) making the statement that she was going to donate a kidney to a stranger. So you mentioned your personality wasn't immediately down with that. So how did this play out? Oh, no, it was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it, and, and I kept hearing this nagging voice. You're going to be the one. You're going to be the one. You're going to be the one. And when spirit is wanting you to do something, it, it can be very persistent. To say yes. The opportunities and the message will show up many ways many is my ways. experience. Yes. And I mean, I, I could have said no. And I could have walked away, but I would have missed out on so many wonderful adventures and so many wonderful experiences. So I am so grateful that I said yes. And I'm so grateful that Jennifer asked. And who is Jennifer? That is his sister, David's sister. Oh, okay, yes, who did the post, yeah. Uh, If she would not have asked and to listen to her inner voice, her higher self, and her spirit to make that post, if she wouldn't have listened, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to say yes. Yeah. So I'm very grateful that she, that she had followed through, that she dared to believe. I I have two questions coming out of this and it kind of goes in diverging directions. And I think we'll cover both here. So I'll let you determine which one you want to answer first. One is I really want to hear how this story played out. And then the other is not many people think of major surgery and donating organ as an ex- a road that has a lot of wonderful experiences down it. So what are some of these wonderful experiences? Oh, well, David was there to walk both of his daughters down the aisle. Mm. David was there when his first grandson was born. And he is here now for his youngest daughter, who is now pregnant, and will be having a baby in the next five months or so. And what I'm hearing is you've kind of vicariously become part of the family. Yes, but they were given an opportunity. I mean, it's been 11 years. It was 11 years um, this past July or July 6th. And he was given the opportunity to be a part of this little boy's life. 
yeah. his grandson. And he was able to, to have the opportunity to make a difference in the life of this little boy and in the difference in the life of his family because I was willing to say yes. And I was willing, you know, God gave us two kidneys and we only need one to survive. So, you know. You had a spare on the shelf. I had a spare. <laughs> so, you know, why not? And my husband now, when I first told him, honey, I've been thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did that conversation go? Because that's a whole different matter, right? Yeah. See, he would get very nervous every time I say, honey, I've been thinking because he didn't know what was coming after that one. Especially after I told him, I'm thinking about donating a kidney. Do what? Yeah. Well, yeah. was he very alarmed from the get-go or was it kind of like, oh, she'll play around with this. It won't match and I'm not going to worry about it. He, he's al he was always very, very supportive. So okay. he, was, he always had my back no matter what. Now, he thought I was probably a little off my rocker when I first told him about it. And of course, at this point, I still hadn't told him that I heard a voice tell me I was going to Well, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to say I've been thinking about doing this. It's another to say, I think God told me to. <laughs> <laughs> you want to choose your audience for that very carefully. <laughs> yes, yes. And at that particular moment in time, I just, I wasn't quite sure how to process everything that had happened. So I sure wasn't going to tell anybody else. And so we ended up, I, I, called the number, got the information packet, and they sent me this packet that was probably like a couple encyclopedia volumes thick. It oh, my just, goodness. Yeah, I it's mean, a, a lot of paperwork. They want to know everything. Everything, you know, everything. I mean, very detailed, which is good because... Well, you, you, you want to know what you're getting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And just so you all know, I'm very healthy. Uh, well, obviously, or you wouldn't have gotten to that point. <laughs> yes. And uh, so I filled out the application, took a whole weekend, mailed it in. And I honestly, I was like, okay, God, I'm done. I, I did, did my, my part. part. <laughs> Don't I, I, nag me anymore. <laughs> I know it's not going to match. Don't nag yeah. me anymore. <laughs> just, just, we'll just let it go. We'll let it go. I got the call. Uh-oh. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, your application looks wonderful. We'd love for you to come in and do blood work. Was that uh, another gulp kind of moment? Yep. Yes. Uh -huh. I, I remember it's one of those, you remember where you were when mm -hmm. conversations. And I knew you know, I was in, a, I was in uh, Atlanta at a trade show. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. very busy. And for whatever reason, I heard my phone ring. Which mm -hmm. unlikely to happen at a trade show. So yeah. yeah, you were looking out for that call on some level. <laughs> yeah. And she's, she's, and at this point I still hadn't, you know, she's like, well, do you know this guy, David? And I'm like, no, I don't know him. Am I crazy? Or I've really thought she was going to hang the phone up on me. I really yeah. Didn't. And <laughs> complete, she didn't. Complete stranger. <laughs> uh, I guess I wasn't the first one who has ever done that. So that was really interesting. Um, so I went in, did the blood work. They took a lot of blood mm. and they, uh, I ended up, we were a one in 20 million match. We were such a close match that we should have been siblings. So, Isn't that I'm, something? Yeah. Separate, file under separated at birth almost. 
Well, my brother and sister, they both started laughing after they heard that. They were like, we always told you you were the milkman's baby. And <laughs> yeah, thanks. I don't count on your siblings to do that. Oh, I know. (laughs) They were so sweet to me, I tell you. (laughs) But all right, so now you're a match. Now a match. And then we had to go through counseling. (laughs) Oh, and how was that? That was interesting. I really thought they were gonna lock me up and somewhere. Why Uh, why do you think that? Well, who donates a kidney to a complete stranger and does it because they hear a voice? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some points on that. Yeah. So, but I mean, in, in this world, uh, yeah. In the woo world. Yeah. yeah normal. Yeah, normal. <laughs> totally normal. And my husband came with me for all those appointments and it was actually really good for him because he was able to talk with the doctor and they asked all sorts of questions and, you know, I really didn't want to know exactly how it was going to do. I just wanted to know that, you know, it would all be fine in the end. Yeah. And my biggest concern was I didn't want to wake up in the middle of the surgery because I had had my appendix removed. Oh, that's for that PTSD inducing. Yeah. So that was my biggest fear was waking up in the middle of the surgery. I just did not want that feeling again. So they made sure that I did not wake up. And uh, which was, thank God for the anesthesiologist. I loved him. He was really- <laughs> you, you are my angel anesthesiologist. Yes. <laughs> and w- there was one point where I was actually denied. Oh, be- really? Yes. What, and what went on there? Usually that- once they deny, they're done. Yes. And so this was another little miracle that happened. It was a Friday afternoon. I found out that I had been denied. And what happened is, is um, normally, if you ha- your kidneys have a uterus that goes to the kidney, that goes into the bladder. And yeah, it's just a single little tube that comes yeah. out. Yeah. Well, my, my kidneys at the top of both kidneys had another little artery. So you had like a little Y branch at the end. Yeah. Okay. And normally, if anyone has that, they only have it on one. They don't have it on both. And I had it on both kidneys. Oh, well, look at you. (laughs) You always knew you were special. I'm very special, I tell you. And so his his transplant team denied me Mm. because, and see, when you're donating, you have your transplant team for the donor, and then you have a transplant team for the the, the The recipient. recipient. Yeah. Both teams have to agree. Yeah, it's like so, having your own lawyers. <laughs> yes, yeah. and they both have to agree. And I got approved by mine, but his doctor denied me because he wasn't sure if he would be able to reattach that second artery. Mm. And so he denied me, and that was a Friday. And on Monday, we had already planned to go to a healing service at my church. And David was really sick, so he couldn't come. So it was me, mm. my husband, uh, Jennifer, his sister, and her husband that went to this healing service. And it was the most miraculous experience, out-of-body experience I've ever had. And I just knew walking out of there that I would be donating to David. And I'm getting chills as I say that. Yeah. I just knew it. And this was a Monday. On Wednesday, I got a call. The doctor had just changed his mind. Isn't that something? Just had, had a little inspiration over the weekend and 
does I still to this day do do not know what made him change his mind I don't I don't have any Isn't that interesting I think it was very angelic so I would love you to to take us behind the door of that statement of it was the healing ceremony being like the most amazing spiritual experience you've had share with us a little of what that was for you we sat in this circle jennifer and i sat and face to face and we had people standing around us putting hands on us as one of the guys there were he was praying and i remember the room got very for me anyway got very very bright and light Mm -hmm. and i could just hear like almost like angelic music almost it was there, there was a lot going on around me, but within my own had my own sphere, this is what I was experiencing. It was like I could almost like fly up and see, look down and see what was going on. And I just knew that after this, after this service was done, that I would be the one to donate again. Again, was, yes. <laughs> Once again, I have the knowing. <laughs> yes. And I was real confused on that Friday. I was I remember sitting there on the on the sidewalk going, What in the world, God? I mean, here you are. I go through all of this. I tell my family, I tell, you know, my husband I, and I have gone round and round I about scheduled this. dates and the whole business. Yeah. And now you're telling me now. And so I just I was like, Well, maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe I'm supposed to donate to somebody else. Maybe we're supposed to do, you know, maybe there's another surgeon out there that'll take my that'll take it on who knows yeah and so i just left it open to the universe i left it open to whatever will there was out there and because i just knew it was supposed to happen and it's like knowing my name is amy yeah it's just a fact it is what it is and the doctor was not able to reattach that second artery and david did not lose any kidney function that's beautiful because I that's the concern, right? You put it in there and then he'll only get half of what was intended. Yes. So he didn't lose any kidney function and the kidney works perfectly well. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Even coming from a world where I've seen some really amazing stuff, it just it never ceases to amaze. Yes. What what the the doctors can do and i mean they're they're getting so much better at the donation process i mean at one point they would open you from stem to stern to stem from stem to sternum yeah exactly <laughs> and literally it took months and weeks weeks and months to to recover, to recover yeah. and i have three little scars on my belly that go along hand in hand with all the stretch marks from having babies <laughs> Our baby <laughs> so you know you can't really tell and yeah just one more baby <laughs> one more baby and uh yeah and the the cool thing is another little miracle that i knew i was supposed to donate the company that i worked for at the time paid 100 percent of my short-term disability wow so usually there's, there's like a waiting period and all of that yeah that's wonderful i had a, a week's paid vacation and the rest was all covered 100%. I didn't lose any. Awesome. It didn't cost me anything financially. Nice. So you mentioned that there were many gifts that came out of this. And I assume 
you've mentioned many that came for David. What were some that came for you? Did it change how you experience life? Yes, yes. I. It opened me up to more opportunities spiritually to grow. And I've realized I've grown into myself now (laughs) (laughs) where I know that life is an experience and it is what you make it to be. And Mm. it's it's kind of my play is Amy Gray Cunningham play. And, you know, I'm the divine creator of that play. I write that play every day and I invite people to be a part of that play. And I get to experience myself as a divine being in this human body every day, all day long. And I get to choose how I want that life to look and how I want Hmm. to respond. And was Um, there a moment where that kind of pivoted for you? Because we're not raised to be the author of our story a lot of times. No, that came from learning how to go into the records, into the Akashic records, and learn to channel my spirit guides and learn to channel angels and understand what my purpose is in in life and that came from actually learning to go into the records and the records are open to everybody yeah anybody can go into it well and i love going into the records when i work with a client i start literally with their life plan for this life Mm -hmm. uh, i use numerology of moses to like parse that out of their birth name but there are many ways to access that information And I've found that it's hugely healing just to know that A, you chose this, and B, why you chose it. Mm -hmm. Because knowing why you're here and why you're going through the shit you're going through, knowing that there's a reason for it makes it seem so much more worthwhile than it's just, it was just some random shit that fell in my lap, Mm -hmm. you know? Because you're no longer the victim. And yeah, you're the, you're the creator mm. at that point. So we are already up on our second break. Can you believe? Wow. I know. Just like that. <laughs> so everybody out there who's listening to us right now, and I know some of you may have some questions and be struggling with some of these concepts about like choosing this life because it feels like a lot of shit up to this point and why would I do this to myself? Mm-hmm. Um, spend a few minutes with your pen and paper and get a little curious after you've had your reaction because it's normal to have that reaction. Um, get a little curious about what it might mean if perhaps these two crazy women are right about this. <laughs> just play with it as a thought you don't have to hold on to it if you don't like it and hang with us we'll be right back from the break change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel hey beautiful soul sophia renea morales here I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. 
How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America in Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. Sophia Renee Morales here, back with Amy Cunningham. And before the break, she was sharing... Um, how she's moved from being kind of the victim in life, which is what we're raised to do, mm-hmm. is to kind of duck blame and none of it's any of my fault, feel sorry for me, and step into, hey, you know what? Stuff may happen in my life, but I'm still the author and responsible for how I respond to what's showing up in my life. And I think that's where authorship picks up. <laughs> yes, definitely. Most definitely. So speaking of authoring your story, um, what was one thing about this storyline that completely surprised you? Well, one was, was at first being denied. And then two, this is going to sound really crazy and stupid, but there was physical pain after the surgery. I just... <laughs> I never, I never planned on that. The soul always forgets about that shit. (laughs) And I think that's part of the answer to why would I pick this garbage for myself? Well, you weren't in your body at the time and you forgot how dense and intense it is down here. (laughs) Yes, yes. There was actually physical pain after the surgery. I was like, wow, what is this? I was, I just never, that never processed in my brain until after the surgery. (laughs) You know, but it might sort of be like the amnesia that comes after childbirth. It's kind of a blessing. Yes. Because otherwise you might have chosen to obsess on that. Yes. Which is not a beautiful possibility either. (laughs) 
I just, I knew that I was doing the donation for something greater than myself. And I loved that. And it gave me a purpose and a mission. And it was, it was beautiful. And so working or realizing that there was actually physical pain afterwards, it just kind of surprised me. And that sounds really crazy to some people. They're like, that's the first thing I would have thought. Well, duh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But not me. No, no. And it, and then I heard after, after all that went, was, was gone and the, the surgery was done and David was doing well, I heard, write a book. I'm like, okay. (laughs) That voice is back again. I thought I was done with you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I learned to write a book. And I wrote my first my first book, Daring to Believe, and it was based off of the fact that when I was going through the kidney donation process, I couldn't find any books. Like I said, I love to read, so yeah, and you'd read. like to prepare yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. So I wrote this book. I think it's rather funny. It's very it's an easy read. I mean, most people can read it over a weekend. And if my husband can read it in a weekend, anybody can. So okay, <laughs> that way. he's not on the same readership kick as you are. <laughs> so, um, what's kind of the main message that comes out of that book? What do you want somebody to know who might be considering going and donating? Well, it goes through the entire donation process um, to kind of give because everybody's experience is going to be different, right? So but it gives you kind of a baseline of something to look for and the questions to ask. Oh, yes. And, you know, and that's kind of important, the questions to ask, because I think these kind of things arrive in our lives at moments where we're very, what I want to say, disrupted, emotionally mm-hmm. stirred up. And it makes it hard to even think of the questions to ask because it's just so much stuff flying yeah. around. Yeah. And there was, there was a lot of questions that I had that had I known ahead of time what to kind of expect, it would have been a little easier for me, I think. For and example. Not that it was, uh, well, when, when the anesthesiologist gave me a lot of anesthesia to, mm-hmm. to, to make sure I didn't wake up, right. what happens is everything with inside your body goes to sleep as well. Yeah. And it was rather interesting, but my bladder went to sleep and would not wake up. Mm -hmm. They will do that. (laughs) Yes. And I ended up going home with a catheter in because I could not use the restroom. It just wouldn't wake up. And I was thinking to myself, here I am donating a kidney and my bladder doesn't work now. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You've got to be kidding me right here, right now. (laughs) What What is the deal with that? And, And how long did it stay asleep for you? About a week. Oh, wow. Almost uh, two weeks after the surgery. So that's uh, a long had, time. How do yeah, they know? Or how does how do you how do they know that it's woke up again? If you've well, got a catheter? <laughs> well, they had put me on some antibiotics. And I went to see a urologist. And um, it, it, it just they had me do these antibiotics for a few days. And then it, it eventually woke up. And but it was really interesting because I got to kind of experience what David went through before getting his kidney because he never went to the bathroom. Oh, sure. Yeah. He never, he just never. And that's something I never even processed. When your kidneys don't work, you don't urinate. There, there ain't nothing coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
And I can remember when I started using the restroom on my own, it was like, woohoo! Yeah. Yay, we're back! We're back, we're back! <laughs> you know, it's the little things sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I remember pretty much trying to run up the stairs and I'm screaming, I'm, I've peed, I've peed! <laughs> Last time you did that, you were probably in potty training. Yes. I did it, mommy. I did it. I was so <laughs> proud of myself. Uh, so it's, you know, little things that happened that I wasn't quite expecting. And then there was this tube thing that they gave me that you have to breathe into to make sure there's no fluid in your lungs. Nobody yeah. Ever told me about that horrific machine. And Oh, yeah. Aren't those fun? Oh, yes. So that that sort of thing I put yeah. in there. But it's also a love story between my husband and I. So there's a little bit of romance in there. We like a little romance in our reading. Because if it wasn't for my husband, I never would have met Jennifer. And if we wouldn't have met back in high school, I probably never would have met my husband again 20 years later. Because we we broke up in high school. We dated in high school for two years. We broke up and then got back together 20 years later on Facebook. (laughs) Thank you, Facebook. Yes. Shout out to Facebook twice. Yeah. That is beautiful. So how how do you approach life differently now as a result of this experience? Everything is a miracle. Mm. Everything and it's and it's an experience. Life doesn't happen to me, it happens for me. And sometimes I hate hearing that, especially when I'm in a really bad mood. <laughs> When the train is coming down the tracks towards you, you're like, <laughs> your life is an experience. Life is an experience. This is going to suck. <laughs> yes. But it's all about the joy of experiencing life and knowing that we are souls having this human experience. We are more than just this human body. And we came here into this third dimensional world, this third dimensional play by choice to experience life and it takes a lot of guts to do that it does it does my husband my not my husband my father tells me regularly old age is not for sissies yes (laughs) exactly and 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 this human life is not for sissies and there's a lot of things that happen in our life that pretty much suck sometimes Mm -hmm. you know and you have to look at it, okay, well, instead of asking, why is this happening to me? What can I learn from this? Mm. What can I do to find the miracle in this? Because it's our perception that causes the suffering. Yeah, it's where's the opportunity? Yes. Yes. It's our perception of how things are happening in our lives that causes the suffering. And I can choose to suffer or I can choose not to suffer. That is and you can point. change that choice in any moment. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Because it's, it's very normal, especially if you're new to attempting to get your brain to work this way, mm-hmm. to get sucked into that normal human response of this sucks sideways, this is not how this is supposed to be, this is wrong, 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 wrong. Yes. Um, but you can choose in any moment to go, okay, I'm over that now. Where is the opportunity? Why did I get turned this direction? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I love working in in the Akashic Records, because you can see all of your situations from many different perspectives. And you can ask to see your situation from a higher perspective. 
Mm-hmm. And it really helps to change the way you think about things, and the way you view life, the way you view your life, and realize that you can create whatever it is you want to create. Exactly, which I think brings us nicely into your gift that you brought for the listeners today. Would you like to tell them a little bit about your gift? Yes, I offer uh, mini readings, mini, mini Akashic Record readings, and I'm giving them to your uh, listeners today for a 20% discount. So all okay. you have to do is just let me know when you when you sign up that you found me on your show on Sovereign, Sovereign Self. Thank you. <laughs> right through my head there. And I will give them the 20% discount. Beautiful. So what comes in a mini reading? How long is a mini reading? What should it's what should 40, I expect? Say I signed up for one of these. It's about 45 minutes to an hour long. And I basically will tell you who you are at soul level, how God created your soul to manifest in this three, third dimensional reality. That is a pretty big mini reading. I was expecting like 15 minutes. (laughs) Well, a normal reading is about an hour and a half, sometimes a little longer, just depending on uh, how deep questions Mm -hmm. uh, that someone has. But um, it's all driven by intent. But this is it's really it's really a shorter reading between I would say 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, depending on questions. Exactly. And how, how far you get sucked into the, <laughs> the reading process. I know when I'm reading for someone, sometimes I don't want to stop. Yeah, the time's up, but <laughs> there's, yeah. there's more here. <laughs> <laughs> and it can get very detailed. And there, you know, a lot of questions get asked as well. And Absolutely. I have your records open and your guides available and your loved ones available. And so we can ask questions as well during the reading. That is a beautiful thing. So if you're interested in hooking up with Aineen Cunningham, sending her an email, getting in touch for one of these discounted mini readings, uh, you can go to SovereignSelf.media and her information is up at the top of the page. You can choose however you wish to proceed, whether it's to send her an email, check out her website, or actually get uh, a mini reading scheduled on your calendar. See, they're in one eye and out the other here. Yes, I tell you, the word went... Woo, went away from me. And then it was gone. (laughs) (laughs) So if you were to kind of put a cherry on this and have some words of wisdom for the folks who've joined us today, what would those words of wisdom be? Dare to believe in I am possible. I'm possible. Believe in the impossible. The, The grander the vision, the more wild the vision, the more miracles will come as a result if you dare to believe that it's possible. I love that. That is beautiful. And thank you to everyone who has joined us here today. I love to hear from my listeners. And in fact, right now, I particularly want to hear from you because I'm in an evaluation period on whether I continue this show as it is, change it to something else, or just retire the the show completely. So I would love to hear from you. What do you like about the show? Do you wish to see it continue? Is there a direction you'd like to see it go? You can send me a note at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. I read all the responses that come in there and I look forward to hearing from you. And until next week, go out and live soul first.
Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 